I mean, everybody's an expert on something and they're an expert because they said they were, you know, they have nothing behind them other than this website that says they're an expert, but people take their opinions as real. And because of that, instead of being really educated when they go to make a buying decision, they tend to be kind of poorly educated. All right, so uh, I want to welcome Joe Cunningham to our uh, first podcast back as a continuation of our Pipeline to Profitability podcast, which was a great success when we first launched it back in 2013. We're up to about 40 episodes and we took a little bit of a break and now decided to uh, come back and give the industry what it needs, which in my opinion for plumbing, air conditioning, we need to give content that's going to give all of our loyal listeners some direction of where the industry is heading. So rather than me do an introduction for Joe, I'm going to let you do that yourself. And I just want to say, before I hand over the uh, the microphone to you, we've known each other for nearly 10 years. You've been working tirelessly to improve the HVAC, air conditioning, plumbing industry, not just in the US, but down in Australia. You've helped me out a ton. You've now helped me out by um, allowing me to work with you in Service Success Academy being the sponsor of our uh, podcast. I'm going to hand it over to you, Joe, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you introduce yourself, self, of course, of where do you feel the industry is heading? Well, thanks for inviting me, Alan. I'll give the folks who haven't heard about me or been to any of my programs before a little bit about my background. I won't take real long doing it. I've been in the heating and air conditioning business oh, 30 or 32 years. My first trade was actually in plumbing. I worked for my uncle, who was a licensed plumber when I was young. So I, I've done pretty much all of the parts that anybody could do in, in the plumbing or the HVAC side. I've worked as an apprentice. I've worked as a helper. I've worked in all the various levels of it. Uh, I've worked with manufacturers. I've worked with distributors. And I've been a contractor and still am a contractor right now. The air conditioning business really did change my life and the things that I learned in it from some really smart people who are very open to share and, and help me take the things that I knew to do from other industries and put those in place. And because of the things that they've done, I've been voted contractor of the year two times in the U.S., one time in Australia been voted by contracting business to be one of the most influential people in the heating and air conditioning industry. This year, I had the honor of being inducted to the HVAC Hall of Fame. Now, I wrote all that stuff down and I put it on the refrigerator where my wife can see it. So she knows how special I am, but she looks at it and says, yeah, just go ahead and take out the trash. So I guess it's not too impressive to some people, but to me, I think I've come a long ways from my childhood. And I've learned a lot of stuff in these industries. And and I've taken a lot of the stuff that I did before because I was also in the home improvement business and put them in place. And I've, I've watched this business grow and, and not just 
the HVAC business, but the plumbing industry as well. And I've watched it grow from a trade actually into a profession. And I'm real happy to say that I was able to help that transition take place. I was one of the first people that ever sold a million dollars worth of replacement air conditioning equipment in a year. And I didn't have an air conditioning company when I did it. I sold that in my home improvement company. I got a lot of recognition from distributors and manufacturers who asked me to help their contractors who weren't doing so well. And because of that, I wrote some sales and marketing programs for the carrier distributors here in Texas and then carrier nationally. I got involved with a company called RetroTech, who has gone on to be Comfort Institute, and I helped them put some of their things together. I worked with uh, Jim Abrams through Contractor Success Group. I ran Future University for him, and then Jim asked me to help him also over at Service Experts, so I was part of the first wave of consolidation. And the things that I've seen change in this industry have been tremendous. But, you know, the, the changes in our industry today are coming faster, and it seems like the steps that everyone is taking are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and there's some things that have happened really in the past few years that I've seen that if we don't learn to address them, there's some of us aren't going to make it. But with that being said, if we do learn to address them and we do learn to embrace these things and figure out what to do because of it, I think there's going to be some massive successes in this industry. And, and we're seeing it right now with guys building tremendous companies in very short periods of time. And right now, there couldn't be a better time to sell than I've ever seen in the past because they're taking these companies that they've built and they've only taken four or five years to do it and sell it for millions and millions and millions of dollars. So the opportunities are there. But these guys have kind of figured the things out that you need to do. And as I talk with them and I ask them what they think, because these are some really smart guys that I respect a lot and and most of these guys are really well known in the industry. They talk about the things that they went through and they talk about the things that they had to change. And then I see, because I also have an air conditioning company and we're adding plumbing and some other stuff to it. Some of the changes that we've had to make to grow our business, it's been pretty incredible. I'm really lucky and able to, and being able to see some of the things that I do because of the way my businesses are set up. My primary business, as a lot of you know, is consulting. I work with heating, air conditioning, electrical, and plumbing co companies all over the U.S., Canada, and now Australia. Uh, I work with manufacturers and distributors, like I said before, and, and I get to see the inside inner workings because of that and those relationships in heating and air conditioning companies and some of the very best ones, I think I've seen more than anybody in the industry that I know of. And I positively train more people than anybody in this industry to be successful. And uh, because of those relationships, a lot of people share this with me. So the changes that I'm being told about and the changes that I see and the changes that I experience every day, they seem to be kind of like in, in three areas. And the, the one thing that's really changed our industries the most is our customers and how they are now buying and doing business. You know, years ago, I remember sitting in some meetings with Carrier and somebody said, you know, people are soon going to be buying 
equipment off of the internet. Well, that was when the internet just started. And I didn't even have a computer. So that was so foreign to me, you know, buying stuff on the internet. Who is going to, to look at this computer and be willing to send money off somewhere and hope people are going to send them something? I never thought that would catch on, but it's now caught on and it, it's doing a lot of things to our customers that's made them change the way they, they look at us. You know, with our customers, what I'm seeing is people buy and make decisions a lot differently. What I see causing that is the internet, like I just said. It's easier to look and find anything you want. Uh, Google has changed the world. And that name, you know, when I first heard it, I thought, what the hell is Google and, and what does that mean? But Google is actually a verb now. You know, I Google, you Google, and they, they translate it into other languages like the Hispanic people say googliamos, which means we're all googling. And, uh, you know, so it, it's changed, but the way people think they can buy has really changed and, and it's changed their psyche on how they make a decision. You know, the internet, the social media, you know, I want to know about something. So I go on Facebook, I go on whatever groups that I'm in and I say, have you ever done this? Have you ever had one of those? Have you ever bought this and you get all these answers and there's a rise in the number of gurus and keyboard warriors out there every day i mean everybody's an expert on something and they're an expert because they said they were you know they have nothing behind them other than this website that says they're an expert but people take their opinions as real and because of that instead of being really educated when they go to make a buying decision they tend to be kind of poorly educated they think they know what they're talking about and they think they know what they're looking at. And because of that, the internet tends to turn everything that they're buying today into a commodity or kind of an eBay purchase, even service. You know, they, they're absolutely convinced because of the Facebook ads, because of the things that other people tell them, you know, that uh, it's taken that you need to give three bids. Now we need to talk to 200 people and take a look at this, and it's turned everything into just a price-driven industry in their mind unless you change it. And the reason for that is because there's no distinction in a customer's mind from what I see and what I hear and, and what I get from when we talk and buying a finished good and, and an unfinished good. You know, they, when customers are buying air conditioning services, when they're buying plumbing services, when they're buying electrical services on the internet, they think they're buying a finished product like a TV or a refrigerator. And they don't understand that plumbing services don't come like that. No. Plumbing services, a toilet, an air conditioning system, a sewer system, a septic tank, a new electrical box, None of those things are a finished product. They are buying pieces and parts, and then they're depending on the provider of that to finish the job. I mean, it's no different than if if all the car dealers went away, and when you wanted a new car, you would call the factory and tell them, hey, I want a new Ford pickup truck, and this is the color, and this is the seats, and this is the engine, and this is the transmission. And two weeks later, they just deliver the parts to you and put them in the driveway. And then you got to find somebody to put it together. 
So your car right now is a finished good, but if they just brought you parts, it's an unfinished good. And that's what they're buying when it comes to home services. And they're just not mentally aligned with making that decision. So it's up to you to change that because when you commoditize things, the customers tend to place pricing more as a primary consideration than before. And they also become less loyal to a past service provider or less likely to create an allegiance with a new service provider if they aren't given solid reasons or re-educated before they make that decision. You know, the, the days of most companies having second and third generation customers, I see that less and less and less. And what really tells me that is when we do outbound telemarketing, we do outbound telemarketing, especially just cold calling and finding neighbors uh, in a neighborhood that we'd like to be in. We call them up and only 20% of the people can even tell me who worked on their air conditioning last night, which means there's no loyalty because of the internet, because of social media, because of the groups on there like next door and, and you get on there and, and every day it's on there. Can anybody give me the name of a plumber that's real reasonably priced, reasonably priced, reasonably, because they think they're all buying the same thing. And then the next week you read about them. I hired this guy and I gave him a deposit and he ripped me off. Well, they don't realize that's going to happen. So we have to do a better job of educating these people. We have to do a better job of being there in front of them all the time so they can really see that we're different because you're going to have to fight this, this internet idea. You're going to have to do something different to get in the customer's mind to make that happen, or they will continue to do that. And they'll buy systems online. They'll buy everything online and it'll all be price driven. Another thing that's changed our customers that's just in the past few years is this pandemic thing. You know, everybody's now getting paid to stay home or they were for a while, you know, so they get paid to stay home and they're sitting in this damn house and they're supposed to be working remotely. Well, they're not working remotely unless you consider watching Maury and eating bologna sandwiches as part of your job long sitting there in your and not doing anything and then putting in 10 minutes a day. But what it's done is it's turned these people into leisure buyers. They have nothing else to do. Watch a little TV, do a little internet shopping and get prices for stuff that they know they're not going to buy for three or four years. So because of that, a lot of sellers, service providers go to amazing lengths to appease these trends instead of doing a couple things that they need to do is, which is really educate these cars and show them why they don't really do a better job of reaching out to grab hold of these people and get into their mind and tell them about why they're different. And our customer base is changing because of that. Now, when it comes to growing our business, you know, there's some things that have changed there. You know, Ron Smith's been a good friend of mine for a long time and everybody kind of puts this quote to him. And it says the purpose of every business and organization is to get and keep customers. That's what we need to do. We don't need to grow our business. We don't need to make a profit. We need to get and keep customers because that takes care of everything. But the guy that actually said that was Shep Hyken, and he's been in business even longer than Ron. But 
the thing about it is we do have to focus on getting and keeping customers and people are asking more and businesses are acquiescing to that and trying to do all this different stuff instead of understanding the three basic things they have to understand about sales and service. And once you understand these three things, it aligns you better to understanding and knowing what you have to do. And I call them the three truisms. And I mean, you have it in one of your videos where you talk about it, but also sure it, it, it's just three simple things. You know, it's, it's no one buys a solution to a problem they don't know they have. So we've got these customers out there who don't know anything about plumbing. They don't know anything about air conditioning. They don't know anything about electricity. They don't know anything about solar, whatever service it is that you've got. And we wonder why they just don't want to open us up, open up to us and, and tell us what they like to buy. Well, they're not going to buy a solution to a problem they don't know they have, even though that we know they do have a problem. We have to spend more time educating our customers about the problems that are in their home, the problems that are with their systems. And we don't do a good job of it. The second part is, and this one always stumps most people and they have a really hard time getting around it. And it's price is only important if that's all the customer understands. And what happens is it takes contractors and it puts them when they're in a link situation when the customer says, well, we've already had three people here and uh, Bob's air conditioning, Fred's plumbing, Floyd's electric said they can put it in for less. And it takes these good contractors and gets them to the point where they've heard it so much that they're automatically just dropping that price when that's not what they need to do. The price isn't the problem. It's the customer's understanding of the problem. And that comes from us as contractors. And they really don't understand the third one. And that's saying no is often just a defense mechanism. And the customers are saying no because they don't know what the hell you're talking about. And those are the things that keep us from growing and keeping our customer base. And because of the, us not understanding that, the customers we do keep, we're giving the farm away every time we do business with them and we don't have to. You do not have to have special pricing every day on everything you've got. No, that's right. <clears throat> you've just got to realize, you know, when that customer says your price is too high, he's... Sometimes it's just something that he's heard people say, so it sounds good and he thinks you're going to drop your price or he doesn't know what he's comparing it to because if, if I think the price on your product is too high, I have to have some idea of what somebody else will, will sell it for. But, you know, price over the years has not proven to be the biggest reason people buy. You know, if we take a look at something as, as price supposedly sensitive as the car industry is, and every time you look, everybody's got a price. We got a special deal. We got a big rebate. We do this. We do that. We got the lowest price in town. They advertise in the Sunday papers and on TV and on the radio. Bring in your invoice and we'll beat it by a hundred. It will give you a thousand dollars. I mean, it's crazy what they do, but in reality, the car business is not driven by price because the two oldest automobile manufacturers in the world, Benz and Rolls-Royce, and they are positively not the cheapest cars out there. So you have to learn how to get away with it, get away from the price situation. And when we take a look at 
all of those things and we ask ourselves, you know, we got the we got the internet problem and, and we got the customer problem and we got the problem, we got the price problem. So we need to deal with that. And then we take a look inside of our business and, and you ask yourself, well, what's one of the greatest challenges now in growing our business and dealing with all these changes? Because we have to do something different. So what's keeping us from doing that? And I think one of the biggest things that's keeping us from doing that is a changing workforce that we have coming in every day to serve our customers. And that, again, is caused by the two things that are causing our customers to change the most. Number one is the Internet. Uh, the Internet with employees and all of this stuff they've done with the remote work deal. Uh, the Internet just provides this constant mindless creativity killing meaningless entertainment source that people get sucked into. Yep. I mean, I've, I've been riding with technicians and they can't stay off the damn telephone ever. You know, there's, there's not that many people in the world who send messages to, but they're on their between calls. You know, they're, they're catching up, they're streaming movies. They're doing this, they're doing that. They're shopping here. They're going there. And the internet, pulls their mind away so they're not as focused on their work as they ever were before and they're more focused on how much time can I suck out of my work to go do that you know we have telemarketers in the back and you, if you go back there and, and you don't stay on top of what's going on they're back there trying to make calls and they're watching a movie on their telephone so how, how can I deal with that internet thing that's changed my workforce a lot and the pandemic changed the workforce a lot with all the entitlement payments we're giving them. We're giving people more money than they were making to work, to stay home and do nothing. And it's really changed their attitude as to what they'll do. So, you know, so yes, we, yeah. can I, sorry to jump in. <clears throat> Just sure. you've, you've, you've touched on something that I think, um, actually I don't think I know is probably one of the big areas of frustration in the industry. And this is, the skill shortage, and uh, this is not a new thing. I mean, I can, uh, you know, having run a business through the GFC, um, I believe that the the, the um, skill shortage, we can take all the way back to 2008, 2009, when contractors stopped bringing in new talent. But I often put this question out to uh, my my audience, my group on social, and uh, and my clients is is there really a skill shortage? Um, is there really a skill shortage, or is it really a lack of training in the industry to bring? And I and and this is this is leading into uh, your training schools, Joe. But is it is it a skill shortage, or are we just not training? Uh, correctly to bring um, the kids or, you know, I've had many mature age apprentices in my businesses that were fantastic tradespeople, but is there really a skill shortage? I mean, I don't think so because I believe we have the ability to train and bring new people on in a short period of time. I just, um, I'd like your thoughts on that, my friend. Well, you know, that, you know, Matt, I believe it's Matt Jones, down under does a podcast. 
the and I was talking shit. to him six, six or eight months ago, and he, he said, you know, here in Australia and a lot of places, we have about a 75% fallout in our apprentice programs from the time they start to when they make it through. And I said, well, how long, how long is your apprentice program? He said, well, it, it's about four years for almost anything. Well, four years is a long time. Yep. And if you, if you don't have your, your training program set up properly, do it the old way, which is I've got some guys that they're, they're my best guys. And uh, they do most of what I want them to do. So since they're my best guys, I'm going to give them these apprentices and let my best guys train them. Well, what happens with that process is if you do it that way, your best guys, which aren't as good as you'd like them to be, take these new apprentices and teach them to be almost as good as they are, which is less than what you wanted. So we get this never-ending downward spiral out of our training programs. And because of that and the the mental situation where we think we have to have this four-year apprenticeship, we bring them so slowly that their value to you in the marketplace doesn't grow as fast as it should. So their wages don't go up and they lose, lose all thoughts of this is really a good idea. What they're thinking is I'm doing this every day. And this guy's making me do a lot of crap I don't want to do. And uh, I'm not making any money either. So I'll do something else. So they, they tend to hop out. The, uh, the skill shortage is caused by two things. Uh, the, the perception of the trades by many. You know, we've gone down this road of, telling every young kid in the world that they need to go to college so they can be something. So in the U S especially, I mean, these kids, their, their parents get them committed to this four to five or six year college journey. And then because they don't have any money of their own, then they go and they get these student loans and they'll, when they get out of college, they end up, Oh, owing oh, 250 to $300,000. And their area of study was like being a sociologist. So when you get out, you're qualified to get a $40,000 a year job as a social worker who goes out and talks to people that aren't doing too well. And they're going to cap out of 50,000 and you, you, you can never pay that off. And, you know, they really have, they have no future getting out instead of telling this person, you know, there is another path, you know, you're going to go out and do that because you don't know what else to do. And you just want to go to school with your buddies and drink beer for four years and run up this big debt. Now you got a $40,000 a year job. So you're going to go ahead and petition the country to wipe away your college loan to make this truck driver who didn't go to school pay for it. So uh, <laughs> what? And it, so these people have a hard time 
getting in their mind, they look down at tradespeople. You know, I've got a college degree, so I'm better than you. And so many people have done that. And, you know, I, I guess it's just it's just a thought that everybody has. You know, I want my kids to have more than I had. I know. You know, so I didn't I didn't go through college. And, uh, you know, a lot of people I know didn't go through college. And we are the worst ones about wanting to send our kids there because we want them to do something different. I don't want my kid to have to be a plumber's helper who's out there digging ditches and all of those things, you know, in the cold and the snow and the I way it didn't matter if you're it. out there doing those things. So, so we discouraged them from getting in the trade. So we planted that in their mind. And then we send them down this other path when college really isn't for everyone. No. And so I, we, I see a change to, coming, Joe. I really do. I, I, I'm predicting that, Look, with the amount of um, private equity and the amount of investment, mm -hmm. companies, uh, plumbing, uh, more so air conditioning, HVAC, plumbing electrical companies, all selling for massive multiples. I see it's going to change. And really, um, you know, things are moving fast now with uh, what's going on with artificial intelligence and uh, chat GP, I think. And um, right. there's going to be... <laughs> I just see it. Yeah, I get it. Being a uh, plumber, a drain cleaner, an air conditioning technician—it's not—it's not a sexy trade, really. It should be. And uh, you know, I followed Mike Rowe for a long time, and I love his view. Oh, yeah. I, I see it's going to change because the amount of money that can be made being a plumber, an electrician, an air conditioning technician, when you're good at your trade whether that's if you want to um, be in sales, which I recommend, we're all in sales anyway, just to be specialised in trenchless drain repairs, you know, the ability to earn anywhere from $100,000 to $200,000 a year, which can be trained in a relatively short time. I Look, I just think it's a no-brainer, but that's me. I'm biased towards the trades. We're probably going to have to round up soon, but I think... The topic here, and we're going to do some more podcasts. I've got, um, now that we've started back, we're going to be doing this regularly. I'd love to get you back on soon to maybe talk more about the so-called trade shortage and uh, companies that are really struggling to get quality tradesmen. I mean, my recommendation is grow your own, send them to uh to one of your schools, and you might want to give um, a little bit of a, a shout out to uh, your trade schools. Yeah, I think this labour shortage, kids not wanting to get into uh, the trades, a lot of companies, they just want the best people. Well, you know, sometimes the best people are the ones that you've got right under your nose that are already working for you, and maybe they need to be trained in new skills to help you take your business forward. So I'll probably, we'll round off on that, Joe, and I want to thank you for everything you've done for me, uh, not just with um, my companies in Australia and all the other hundreds of companies you've worked with in Australia and America. It's not just me that wants to thank you for what you've done for this industry. I'm sure it's hundreds and hundreds not if thousands of people that want to thank you as well. So I'll probably get you to 
round up this um, podcast, Pipeline to Profitability podcast, with just a little bit about some of the the great schools that you actually have going on in Houston. When you mention the uh, trade shortage, that, that always makes me want to talk more. So I will close down. You know, in mentioning Mike Rowe, though, I will say one thing. He is the perfect example of what happens when you see things. Mike Rowe was an opera singer, <laughs> which is kind of strange. And that's that's what he took in in school. He took a lot of music and, and singing classes. And he found out about the trades, and it led to the Dirty Job Show, and the trades have taken him a long way. He was a fantastic guy. But as far as trades go, we have the fastest way to train the technician that's out there and that we're we're expanding that as well we have our 10-day fast track programs plumbing or hvac it doesn't matter we can take a person if they have mechanical inclination and they will work and show up in the morning and i can create the best entry level hvac tune-up technician that has ever lived they understand sequence of operation. They know how to charge a system using subcooling superheat. They understand basic electricity and they understand troubleshooting. Our classes, the reason they're so successful is because they're 45 or 55 to 60% hands on. We don't do virtual training. Virtual training is kind of like thinking you're getting trained, but you're not. Everything we do is hands on. It's 10 days, no days off eight hours a day, when they get out of that school, they're EPA certified, and they are ready to put them into a truck and go do it. We make it as foolproof as possible because we teach these techs to work on one of the most complete checklists that has ever been developed for our industry so they can check everything. They know how to do everything on there, and they're an actual working person when they get out that can go to work and make you money. It's the same thing on the plumbing side, 10 days. And now because people don't want to send their guys away all the time, we're now, we did it during the pandemic. We're going to start again. We're doing some specialized classes where we're doing two hours a day, five mornings a week for six weeks. It'll be the same thing as our fast track program. The only difference is, I will give you the set of plans so you can make your own lab at your place of business. Your guys will have the same thing that we work on and it will be a hands-on two hours a day broadcast at seven o'clock in the morning. So your guys can go to class and go get in the truck and practice it. And it is absolutely amazing. The guys that went through our online class had tremendous results and because of what they wanted me to do, we're going to make that possible for, for them again. We're starting out in HVAC with that as well. We've built our lineup a little heavier. We're now opening our second location where we're going to have our install school along with our plumbing and HVAC school at the second location. And we're going to do some specialized advanced HVAC and advanced heating classes and advanced troubleshooting classes for your guys that have gone through our basic school and are now ready to make the next step. We teach them how to do the work and then we also give them two days of customer service skills so they know how to handle the customers. There's no better program out there 
than ours in my estimation. And I've seen them all. And I've got good friends that have good schools. So I'm not going to say anything about them. I just feel that ours are the best. And if I was standing on the outside looking in and seeing what we do versus what the others do, I'd have to say the same thing. But if you really want to maximize the opportunities that you've got out there, you know, you've got to take advantage of contacting your base and new prospects more often. You have to take a look at all the opportunities we leave in the field because we haven't trained our techs to pick them up. Leave no stone unturned. You have to rehash the opportunities you're leaving out there to make massive profits. But in order to do that, you have to run your calls to collect enough information to do that. You have to perform a better call. We've changed our perfect service call process. So your technicians are now doing more things to get more business. They're going where nobody else has gone before. They're doing a better, more demonstrative job on every call that uncovers most everything that's out there. And they win every time they go. They learn how to make presentations to fully engage the customers and build perception of overwhelming value. And they take control of the process so they do a better job. So there's no better way to grow your business than to grow your own techs, grow your own employees, whether they're the people that are answering the phone, whether the people that are dispatching for you or service managers in there. And we love to help you. So if I can do anything, I'm easy to find. I'll have Alan put my number up at the end. It's yep. easy to find me. I'll give you my cell phone number so you can reach me. And I'd love to get you involved. And if you have any employees or future employees that are benefits, don't forget we do some veteran scholarships and some of your guys might qualify for that as well. So they'll actually get to go for free. Fantastic. So thanks for having me on, Alan. My and, pleasure, uh, my friend. I just want to conclude to say there is um you know, with with our uh, company, uh, uh, your company, Service uh, Success Academy, and uh, you've got the Technical Arts Centre, you've got Success Track Network. I think the combination of these three companies is going to provide the industry with the classroom training, which you do in Houston, and together we're going to build what I believe is going to be the greatest online training. And I know you're not a fan of online training, but I am. Um, and, and I think some things can be trained online. Some things definitely need the classroom. But um, I, I think it's it's all our friends down under that are really wanting Joe Cunningham back down under. And I know we've talked about this. Dates haven't been locked in, but we are aiming for um, December, January period uh, to get you back down under. But we will be putting together some amazing training, which will be online, um, that will, I suppose, meet the needs of most of the contractors that can't afford to come across to Houston. So, uh, so some exciting stuff coming along. And yes, I will definitely put all your contact details. I might even get, we, we might put a little, um, um, I suppose, sales video together with all the services that you provide. And thank you for uh, being back on my podcast, Pipeline to Profitability. I'm Alan Ferguson signing out and a big thank you from my very dear friend, Joe Cunningham. Catch you later, Joe. All the best to you. Okay, my talk to you later, Al. All right, see okay. you. Bye now.